You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. If Jesus really did begin as a disciple of John, what was it about John's preaching that resonated so deeply? Was it concern for what people were unjustly suffering within a system that was structured to benefit others at their expense? Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 399. Our title this week is Advent as Two Political, and our reading for this third weekend of Advent is Luke 3, 7 through 18. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't exhort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. These people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And with many other words, John exhorted the people and proclaimed the good news to them. So, so the followers of John the Baptist, they comprised a movement that pre-existed the Jesus movement and, and actually coexisted alongside it for quite some time. Um, they were quite a broad uh, Jewish community. You can There was a variety among them, you, you, diversity among them. You, you can see that in Mark 1. 1, 5, Mark 11.32, and even Josephus comments on it in Jewish Antiquities um, 18, 1, 18 through 119. So, so most Jesus scholars today, they see Jesus's and John's movements as separate but related. And, and perhaps with Jesus following John before launching out on his own. You can find that in Mark 1.14. The Gospel of John, the, the canonical gospel that's written last, even goes to great lengths to portray, portray Jesus and his movement as being superior to John's. And so, 
uh, we have to ask, why was that even necessary? And, and yet there are differences between John's movement and Jesus's movement. And, and some of these differences are like the, the, the teachings on fastings and baptisms. You find this tension in Mark 2.18 and John 4, 1 through 2. But this week, in the context of Advent, I want to focus on the themes that John's teachings and Jesus's teachings held in common. To the crowds, John taught anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. To tax collectors, uh, don't collect any more than you're required to, and, and to soldiers, don't exhort money and don't accuse people falsely and be content with your pay. In each of these instances, John reminds us of his of his own social location. Remember, he's not within the system of the temple state like we covered last week, but, but he's a voice in the wilderness on the margins calling for social justice from outside. He's standing within the Hebrew prophetic tradition here. His concern is, is for justice to be practiced within his society because deeds prove social repentance. And, 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 and that social repentance, if it's backed up by deeds, then it's of more value than, than lip service. John demands that those who are exploiting others, they stop making them vulnerable. Jesus made similar demands, like when he, he called his listeners to sell their possessions and give to the poor. You find these similarities in Luke 12, 33, and you can cross-reference those with Luke 4, 18, Luke 6, 20, Luke 11, 41, 18, 22, and 19, verse 8. John and Jesus were not itinerant preachers traveling the countryside, handing out tickets to a post-mortem uh, heaven as an escape from this world's problems or a reward for religious purity. They were both itinerant prophets of the poor, deeply concerned, not about life hereafter, but about the concrete realities of those that were suffering in the here and now. And in this light, especially during the season of Advent, a Christianity that focuses on achieving entrance into heaven without regard for injustices that are being committed right now is out of harmony with the teachings of both John and Jesus. And for many Christians, it's rare to speak out against real-world injustice. I've bumped up against this disconnect myself as I've, I've spoken out against racism and white supremacy and patriarchy and misogyny, uh, classism or predatory capitalism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, exclusion. As I've spoken out against those many years now and, and, and even more, too often, it's my Christian friends who've told me that were to be not of this world, quote unquote, or, or that I was reading the Jesus story too politically. And by too political, my friends don't mean that I was endorsing or promoting a certain political party or a specific candidate. In our highly charged environment, speaking out against harm being done to vulnerable communities is political. Jesus was also political in that he taught that the reign of God belonged to those that the 
the present system makes poor. Both Jesus and John, are they religious in the sense that they both interpreted their religious commitment to the God of the Torah, but their teachings were also political and economic and social as well. You can't separate Jesus's and John's teachings along these hard lines or categories. If you begin with an understanding that God loves everyone, then any harm being done in the present to the objects of that love should be opposed. And this is what we see happening in the lives and the ministries of both John and Jesus. Speaking out, it got John beheaded and it got Jesus crucified. I'm reminded of the words of the late Dr. James H. Cohn in this regard. In James H. Cohn, God of the Oppressed, page 9, Cohn writes, What has the gospel to do with the oppressed of the land and their struggle for liberation? Any theologian who fails to place that question at the center of his or her work has ignored the essence of the gospel. So whether we speak out against harm to vulnerable communities is is political. It all depends on which communities you claim to be, uh, are, are you claim are being harmed. If, for example, let me let me explain that. If I were saying that Christian religious freedoms are being limited by the recognition of same sex marriage, or that men are at risk because of the accusations of the Me Too movement, or that white folks were being harmed by the teachings of critical race theory, or especially at this time of year that Christmas itself was under attack, then I'd probably be applauded. I would be accused of being, uh, I wouldn't be accused of being too political. I'm guessing that I wouldn't even hear Christians say that we're not of this world. The, the problem then, if, if we're only uh, pegged as being too political when we're speaking about the marginalized, then the problem isn't that I've taken a side. The, the, the problem is which side I've taken. That's their issue with me. Have I taken the side of those who are losing their positions of privilege and power in a changing society? Or have I, in reading the Jesus story through the lens of oppressed people, chosen to speak out alongside communities that for too long have been crying out for justice and change? Social location matters. Which communities in which social locations have we chosen to speak out alongside? This Advent season May we stand in the spirit of John and Jesus and carve out time to listen to those who are calling for justice and change in our day. May we make time to listen to indigenous communities and and immigrants, to, to trans and lesbian and gay and bisexual people. Let's listen to black and brown people, to women, religious minorities in our communities, and let's listen to to those who economically are daily scratching out, scratching and scraping to survive on the losing side of our economic games. If if Jesus really did begin as a disciple of John, what was it about John's preaching that resonated so deeply? Was it concern for what people were unjustly suffering within a system that was structured to benefit others at their expense? You can find evidence that it might have been. Jesus repeated and enlarged these themes in his own life and teachings. How can we, as Jesus 
Jesus followers during Advent season continue John's and Jesus's work in our own settings today? Heart Group Application, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, how does Advent call you to focus on concrete forms of justice work in our society today? And discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today, right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week.